Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story. I'm your host, Koro Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Lower Galilee, where my wife and I live. Thank you for joining me today. On today's podcast, I'll be bringing you another update on the COVID-19 crisis here in the land of Israel. I'll be speaking about the man known by many as America's doctor, Israel in the fourth vaccination shot, Martin Niemöller, and more. The Westernized View of Obedience For most people living in Western civilization, the view of obedience is taught from early on. Obedience is presented as one of the highest virtues that an individual can attain. Obey, obey, obey. Never question authority. Just obey. Obedience is very important, but what and who we are obeying is the real issue. All throughout Scripture, we see examples of people obeying a higher authority. For example, in the Bible, we see that the prophet Daniel was thrown and cast into the lion's den for holding on to his religious beliefs. God saved him from any harm that these wild and hungry beasts could do to him. Mordecai did not bow down to Haman and pay homage to him. He worshipped the God of Israel alone. In the New Testament, we see that the disciples saying, we ought to obey God rather than man. During this age of unparalleled global deception and unmatched corruption, let's look to the heroes of the Bible, not only for inspiration, but for instruction. Those heroes questioned and resisted governmental authorities when it opposed a higher authority from God. We may not be hearing the whole story. When I was a little kid, I would listen to the radio episodes of the show called The Rest of the Story by the late broadcaster Paul Harvey. He would always share on tidbits and details of stories that were never previously known to the general public. The American people, the people of Israel, and the people around the world have not been told about the rest of the story when it comes to the man and staff in charge of the supervision of this COVID crisis. The person I'm speaking about is none other than Dr. Anthony Fauci. Over the last few years, we have all listened to a man giving updates and White House press briefings. He has claimed to be following the science and having the best interest for the American public and for the people around the world. I have two questions regarding the man who has been called America's doctor. Has Dr. Anthony Fauci been following the science? And does he care about the health for the public over the last 50 years of service as an immunologist expert? In his new book entitled The Real Anthony Fauci, RFK Jr. shares how Anthony Fauci has orchestrated the transformation of the United States Department of Health and Human Services from a public health agency to an incubator for pharmaceutical products and a promoter of the big pharma agenda. During Dr. Fauci's 50 years of public health service, public health in America has declined dramatically and has made America the most pharmaceutical-dependent nation in the world. 
The individuals that have suffered the most and have been victimized under his regime have been the children. Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book mentions that the generation of children that come of age during Tony Fauci's regime since 1984 is the sickest generation in history. When Dr. Fauci came into the National Institutes of Health, chronic disease rates in America were 6%. Now, it's 54%. Neurodevelopmental diseases like ADD, ADHD, speech delay, narcolepsy, autism, and Tourette syndrome came on the scene. Autism has gone from 1 in 10,000 people in Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s generation to one in every 34 kids now. During Dr. Anthony Fauci's administration, food allergies appeared, celiac diseases, wheat allergies, autoimmune diseases, juvenile diabetes, and lupus became epidemics. All these diseases that I've just described were almost all unknown prior to the 1960s. Are these illnesses all appearing for the first time just as a coincidence, or do they lead to something more? Dr. Anthony Fauci's job at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases is to research the sources of these chronic diseases, immune and allergic diseases, and then help to eliminate them, essentially identifying their causes. My question is why hasn't Dr. Anthony Fauci publicly spoken? about the causes of all these diseases on children that were non-existent prior to the 1960s. What conclusions can the citizens of the world make regarding this grave situation? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. shares a powerful statement on the source of these issues affecting the children in America, the children in Israel, and the children in the rest of the world. He says, and I quote, we know it's an environmental toxin. It has to be. Genes don't cause epidemics. End quote. When did all these diseases first appear, and why? The when of all these chronic diseases like autism, ADD, and ADHD started to affect children in great numbers in America in the mid-1980s during Dr. Tony Fauci's regime. A brief history of this situation is that prior to 1986, the pharmaceutical companies in America were being sued and losing millions of dollars to families who had children that were injured from vaccines. All that changed in 1986 with the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. The National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act's purpose was to eliminate the potential financial liability of vaccine manufacturers due to vaccine injury claims. What happened after 1986? What happened was since the federal government eliminated any accountability or any liability for injuries from vaccines, all of a sudden, pharmaceutical companies started to do massive campaigns of vaccine scheduling. It went from three vaccines for children in America to 72 vaccines for children. The why of these diseases appearing, I leave for you to decide. You decide if there is a correlation and causation from the vaccine scheduling and the new chronic diseases appearing 
and continuing to appear to this very day. Following the Money Trail In his book, The Real Anthony Fauci, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. shares that Dr. Fauci, rather than doing research, spends almost all of his entire $7.7 billion budget developing new drugs for pharmaceutical companies and doing bioweapons research for the Pentagon. He is the highest paid individual in the federal government, receiving $434,000 a year, $34,000 more than the current president of the United States. Dr. Fauci has a patent on the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. Do you see how there is a conflict of interest on how these vaccinations are being pushed and mandated globally? The more vaccines that are dispersed around the world result in millions of dollars that go into the pockets and bank accounts of those benefiting from the Big Pharma Alliance. How much money will it take to satisfy the greed of this alliance to stop forcing vaccine mandates around the world? When will it end and who will expose these egregious acts of evil? Israel and the Fourth Vaccination Shot On January 19th, Israel had over 200,000 of its citizens test positive for the Omicron variant in over three days. Now, almost 600,000 people here in Israel have received the fourth dose of the coronavirus vaccination, according to the Ministry of Health. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett of Israel said that 1.5 million rapid antigen tests were going to retirement homes in the hopes of adding another layer of protection for the most vulnerable in our society. This is the first time in history that a vaccine was given during the midst of a global pandemic. This situation makes me ask some questions that are in desperate need of answers. The vaccine mandates have curbed almost everything in Israeli society, but have they stopped the number of COVID-19 cases here in the land or the rest of the world? Where are the medical studies on people who have taken four vaccines in such a short period of time? Do we have the data on that? Who is responsible for this? No other country in the world has given out the fourth vaccination shot to its citizens other than Israel. And yet, Israel also has the highest number of positive COVID-19 cases per capita than anywhere else in the world. An Israeli scientist and chairman of Israel's Association of Public Health Physicians told the New York Times there is no published scientific evidence that a fourth shot is needed to prevent severe illness from Omicron. His sentiments are in agreement with other scientists who say, and I quote, too many shots may actually harm the body's ability to fight COVID and might cause a sort of immune system failure. End quote. According to the European Union Medicines Agency, they say that repeated administration of COVID boosters in very short intervals might reduce the level of antibodies that can be produced at each administration. According to a recent article of the Children's Health Defense from January 19, 2022, an Israeli vaccine study finds people still catching the Omicron variant after getting four vaccine shots. My questions are, 
Why has there not been a stoppage and a pause of administering this vaccination in Israel with all the current data pointing to its not preventing COVID? Is our government hiding something from us? With all of this recent news coming out of Israel on vaccine efficacy, the Center for Disease Control said last week through its director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, that COVID shots cannot prevent the transmission of COVID. My questions for the CDC are, why did this take so long to get reported? Who is going to take responsibility for this? How many lives have been affected and injured? What are the real statistics on the number of deaths caused by this vaccination? The people of the world deserve to know the truth about these reports. Unfortunately, at this present time, we are still left with more unanswered questions. In 2009, H1N1, otherwise known as the swine flu, was almost a global pandemic. The H1N1 vaccine came out and it was stopped because 48 people died from the vaccine. According to the latest VAERS report, over 20,000 people have died from the COVID shot in the United States. Why have they not stopped the COVID-19 vaccination when it has done much more damage than the H1N1 vaccine? This particular question is concerning on many levels and remains a mystery, completely unanswered and not being discussed or addressed. Yet, it is being asked and brought into the light at this very moment. The time is now for the global public to get real answers from each and every one of its elected officials, medical scientists, media outlets, and spokesmen. Why we remember certain people out of the pages of history. Two names come to mind during these days we are living in, Corey Temboon and Oscar Schindler. Although Corey Temboon was the first licensed and self-trained female watchmaker from the Netherlands, that is not the initial reason she is memorialized throughout history. We remember the life of the faithful believer, Corrie Temboon, because she risked her life to rescue and hide Jewish people in the confines of her own home from the Nazis during the days of the Third Reich. Oskar Schindler was a German industrialist and successful businessman. There were plenty of notable businessmen from Germany during the time of Oskar Schindler, whose lies we have never heard a thing about. What separated Oskar Schindler from every other businessman in Germany was that he rescued 1,200 Jewish people during the Holocaust by hiring them in his ammunition factories in Poland, Bohemia, and Moravia. The times we're living in carry a deep sense of urgency and duty that may take extraordinary courage in the face of this unprecedented corruption, unmatched deception, global tyranny, force mandates, loss of liberty, and the hijacking of transparency and democracy. The words of the late Martin Luther King Jr. come to mind during these very perilous days. He said this about injustice, and I quote, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, end quote. I believe it's going to take a supernatural love for the truth. I feel that Dr. King's words echo this sentiment. 
he says, and I quote, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. End quote. The lessons learned from Pastor Martin Niemöller. German and Lutheran pastor Martin Niemöller lived in Germany during the time of the Third Reich. He joined the German Navy in 1910 and he fought for his country in World War I and in 1918. He was ordered to turn his U-boat over to the Allies and to the country specifically of England. He did not obey the order and was discharged from the Navy. This act of defiance would one day be repeated, only this time against his own country, Germany. In 1920, Martin Niemöller became a pastor following the path of his father, who was also a pastor. In the 1930s, Niemöller, along with other pastors in Germany, welcomed the Third Reich wholeheartedly. But in 1934, there came a turning point. That year he met with Adolf Hitler, along with two other prominent bishops. The meeting revealed state pressures on the churches in Germany. During the meeting, it became very clear that Pastor Niemöller's phone had been tapped by the Gestapo, the German secret state police. He realized that the pastor's emergency league, which he helped to find, was under state surveillance. After the meeting with Hitler was over, he came to see that the Nazi state was a dictatorship in which he would now oppose. Pastor Martin Niemöller was arrested in 1937 by Hitler's secret police. Eventually, he was sent to the concentration camps at Sachsenhausen and then Dachau. He was moved in 1945 to the Triol in Austria, where Allied forces freed him at the end of World War II. Martin Niemöller is remembered by the powerful speech he wrote about his experience in Germany during the Third Reich. It is called First They Came. It reads, First they came for the communist, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialist, and I did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist, and I did not speak out, because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. It is time for all of us to question our local doctors, pediatricians, elected officials, and leaders, and start researching on the topics that have lasting consequential implications for our families' lives and the lives of our friends and neighbors and communities. The Good Shepherd As we all go through this pandemic crisis and deal with the anxieties, pressures, and struggles of life, I'm reminded of the 23rd Psalm. David. The shepherd, who later would become king of Israel, tells us of how Jesus, the good shepherd, is always with him, and he is with us during this unparalleled time in history. Let's hear the words from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story, when I will be sharing about the ancient city of Magdala. See you soon.